Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... This is Kevin O'Brien of EWTN's Theater of the Word. I'm excited also to teach middle school and high school literature, speech, and drama with homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. Your student can meet with me online for a live, interactive class. Whether you take apologetics with John Martinoni or grade school with Jackie De La Viaga, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, online Catholic learning for your homeschooling family is available for you. This episode is brought to you by Hallow, the number one Catholic app. Hallow has 1,000 audio-guided prayers and meditations for you to deepen your relationship with God. To listen to all of the Hallow meditations for free for 30 days, head to hallow.com breadbox. O Lord my God, Thou searchest me. My heart and mind are known to Thee. Nothing is hidden from thy eyes When I sit down and when I rise And from afar thou art discerning My thoughts and the peace of In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. So we'll say, uh, today we'll pray the First sorrowful mystery, which is the agony of our Lord in the garden. And we'll try to imagine Jesus in the garden praying very fervently. And he's praying so fervently that he actually sweats blood. So these huge drops of blood start to fall from the Lord's face to the ground. He says, Father, if it be possible, remove this chalice from me, not my will, but your will be done. He looks up and he sees his uh, best friends. They were Peter, James, and John. They fell asleep. They fell asleep. When Jesus most needed their friendship, they actually fell asleep three times. So instead of praying, they fell asleep. And because they fell asleep, instead of praying, they abandoned Jesus Christ. That happens to us when we don't pray when we should be praying. We give up prayer, then we are very weak. We can fall into any sin. And what happens is God hears the prayer of Jesus and sends his guardian angel to be with him to give him consolation. Now right now that guardian angel that's supposed to be you. You're called to be the guardian angel of Jesus Christ to give him consolation in the midst of his suffering and sorrow and abandonment. So if we say this uh, first sorrow from it, so let's try to enter into that scene and imagine that we're actually there. That's part of prayer. We want to use our imagination to enter into the life of Christ. Imagine that we're there. We become that angel of consolation to embrace Jesus and say, Lord, even though they fell asleep, I'm here with you. I'll be with you. That'll be our prayer. That'll be our topic this afternoon. 
Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if you know these prayers, respond. Don't be afraid. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among them, and blessed the fruit of thy Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among them, and blessed the fruit of thy Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among them, and blessed the fruit of thy Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among them, and blessed the fruit of thy Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among them, and blessed the fruit of thy Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among them, and blessed the fruit of thy Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among them, and blessed the fruit of thy Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among them, and blessed the fruit of thy Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among them, and blessed the fruit of thy Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among them, and blessed the fruit of thy Jesus. Glory be to the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins. Save us from the fires of hell. So this would be the story I'd like to tell to enter into our topic today. This happened about 1,600 years ago in Africa. There was a woman who got married and she had few children, but she had a lot of problems, a lot of problems with her family. Today we call that a dysfunctional family. A lot of problems. And especially with three of her family members. First was she had very serious problem with her husband. Her husband had these three vices. First was her husband was, uh, he was a drunk. Spanish, un borracho. I mean, he was a drunk. He really went to town when he started to drink. And he couldn't stop. Now, as a result of his drinking, all these two things go together. He was a hothead, which means he was very violent. 
So he'd flow off the hanger, flow off the, and he would uh, he would get in a lot of fights. And to make things worse, he was a womanizer. So he was married to his wife, but he had other women too. Not a very good husband. And he wasn't a very good father either. Second problem was this. She had a mother-in-law who was, in Spanish, una chismosa. Chismosa doesn't mean someone who likes likes to eat a lot of Chuck E. Cheese, no? Chismosa means she wags her tongue and speaks badly about people behind their backs. So those are two pretty serious problems. But she had a more serious problem. She had at least three children, but we only know a lot about one of them. She had a teenage son who started to form an addiction. He was addicted. And you know he was addicted? He was addicted to sex. Okay, that was, like today, so many people have problems with that, yeah. A very serious addiction with with sex. So, he ends up by living with this, this lady called a concubine. He has a child with her. He's not married. He's not even baptized. So he's living the life of a pagan. Almost living on an animal level. However, her, his son, her son, listen to this, her son was a genius. With a photographic memory. So her son was just brilliant. But he had this, <laughs> this sexual addiction. And as he got older, he knew that it wasn't good for him and he would pray, Lord, give me purity, but not yet. (laughs) He knew that he had to attain that, but he didn't want to give up the pleasure of that sin. Guess what his mother did? She prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and wept and fasted and went to church and she prayed and she talked with priests and bishops, I mean, she stormed heaven. Guess what? Her husband was converted, he became a Catholic, and he died a good man. And then, her son, that was addicted to sex, guess when he was converted? When he was 31. She had to she had to pray a long time. <laughs> Thirty-one. And then her mother-in-law, the Chismosa, she was converted too. 
there's a, this whole dysfunctional family was converted by one by one person the mother because she had a deep prayer life yeah. she stormed heaven with prayer Now, as you get older and you start to study a little bit more, maybe some go to college, maybe someone will study some what's called philosophy or maybe theology, you're going to meet these two people who are now great saints. And we have a freeway and a, ta- a city named after that woman. Did you ever hear of Santa Monica? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Santa Monica Freeway, number five, right? <laughs> So the, the name of this woman is, in Spanish, Santa Monica. In English, you call her Saint Monica. And the name of her son, who was converted, who was baptized, made his first communion, then he actually went on to become a priest. His son died when he was young. He went on to become a bishop and became one of the most brilliant men in the world. In his name... Is Saint Augustine. So I've told you the story of Saint Augustine and Saint Monica. And if you like literature, the first autobiography ever written was written by Saint Augustine. It's called The Confessions of Saint Augustine. Just Google it in. Just Google it in. Okay, this is an introduction to our topic today. The topic today is prayer. And I, I notice, I tend to be pretty observant, I notice that half of you don't pray along with me, uh, probably because you don't know how to pray. Okay, probably, maybe you don't know how to pray. <clears throat> so today, I'm going to give you a topic, and the topic is going to be on prayer. Okay, before we get into the nuts and bolts of this topic, I'd like to set the stage with this idea. Now, one of the greatest gifts that I was given, a gift that I was given as a child, was this. And I recognize now that it's a huge gift that God gave to me, even though I didn't deserve it is that ever since I was a child, I always liked to pray. When I was your age, living in New Jersey, I would walk, I'd walk to school two miles in the morning carrying my books, and I would pray three rosaries on my fingers. Because I walked alone. I thought, well, I'm by myself. I might as well talk to God. So I got my ten fingers. So I would pray the mysteries of the rosary on my fingers. And I recognized when I was 13 or 14, I didn't think it was a big deal, but I know, I don't think I ever met any 13 or 14 year old kid that ever prayed three rosaries walking to school except me. (laughs) Maybe that's why I'm a priest. So this is the point I'd like to make. Uh, Being a teacher... I can teach you how to pray. 
Man, I'm a non-stop talker. I could go on and on and on. I could tell you stories and jokes and biblical. I have a good mind and I'm a good teacher. So I can teach how to pray. And if you, after the class, ask me almost any type of Catholic prayer, I could give you a long explanation without any looking at books because I know a lot about prayer. So I can teach you how to pray, but I can't give you the desire to pray. I can't. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) So I'll repeat that. I can teach you how to pray. I can teach you how to pray. You ask me any, any type of prayer, form of prayer, I'll go on and on and on. But I can't give you the, the desire to pray. You have to beg for that today. That, that all of you will want to pray. And arrive at a point where we don't have to force you to pray. But you want to pray... And you even pray by yourselves. Prayer is the easiest thing in the world, but it's the hardest thing in the world. I seem to be contradicting myself, right? It's the easiest because you can pray, you can pray anytime, any place, anywhere, use whatever words you want, and God is always ready to listen to you. But it's most difficult because when you start to pray, the devil exists. The devil is going to put up all these mental obstacles why you should not pray. So it's the easiest thing in the world, but it's the hardest. Any second in your life you want to talk to God, God is always like this. But then the devil is there trying to say, no, tomorrow. You're too busy. Do it later. That's what the devil does. So uh, let's enter the topic. What I'd like to do, time willing, I'm going to give you the title. I'd like to give you a couple of definitions and I'm going to give you ten, ten suggestions on what you can do to grow in prayer. So open up your notebooks. And as our title, this will be our title. It'll be prayer. And put a colon. A colon means two dots. That means an idea is going to follow. Prayer, the key to salvation. The prayer, the key to salvation. Now, if all of you take this this talk seriously, and you try to put into practice what I'm giving to you, and you keep growing in this concept of prayer, and you take prayer seriously, okay, when you die, you're going to make it to heaven. You might have to go to purgatory. But you're all going to make it to heaven if you take this seriously. 
But if you, you don't take prayer seriously, you may not make it to heaven. And that's very, very serious. And you, you might go to hell. We could. All those in heaven, if you could do an interview tonight, at 10, 10 p.m. go up to heaven and interview all the people in heaven, they're all going to say, I'm here because I prayed well. Then if you go down to hell, yes, all the damned in hell, why are you here? Oh, I didn't pray. Yeah, that's true. So I'm going to give you a definition for prayer and then an analogy that I, I, that I wrote to understand the importance of prayer. So write down definition. <coughs> definition. Give you a really good definition of prayer. It's a catechetical definition. Okay, this is this is the definition. Prayer is listening to God. Talking to God. And loving God. So prayer is listening to God. Prayer is talking to God and loving God. You might put an asterisk on the top of love because that's the most important. But usually that loving come before loving you you have your listening and your talking and you end up by loving God. That's a really short but very good definition of what prayer is. Okay, now I'd like to give you one liar, one liar that I wrote so you can understand the importance of prayer. Ready? Okay. Right this time. What, what air, what air is to the lungs, prayer is to the soul. What air is to the lungs, prayer is to the soul. When I was about a year or two years younger than you, I, I swam my first mile. Okay? So I'm a, I'm a pretty good athlete. No? So I've always been a good athlete. Um, I'm not a fast swimmer, but I can swim. I can swim for a long time at a pretty good pace, even now. So I remember when I was your age, I would swim under underwater for about 50 seconds, sometimes a minute, underwater. No? And when I was underneath the water for 55 seconds, and I finally went to the surface, <sighs> man, was that air sweet. So as we long for that air, our soul should be longing even more for prayer. <laughs> so take a fish out of water, and you put it, put it at the top of a building, how long is that fish going to last? Pretty short. The fish has to be in the water, right? 
So as the fish should be in the water, we should be in the element of prayer. Okay, right now, I'd like you to skip a couple of lines and write down ten practical suggestions on prayer. Ten practical suggestions on prayer. So I'm going to be giving you like ten tools that you can use. It's like a, a, a it's like a diving board. You're on the diving board. You can't be jumping up and down for an hour. You got to jump off the diving board, right? <laughs> so this is like a diving board, but you got to jump into the water. Okay. So the first is this. Do you remember when you made your first communion? Was that too long ago? I remember when I made my first communion. I remember two things. That uh, my parents gave me two gifts. First was this. I was able to go out and eat at a restaurant and had pancakes. And two servings of pancakes with a lot of butter and maple syrup Oh, because back 55 years ago, restaurant, that was a luxury. But even more important, as a gift, I got my first prayer book. Yeah. The prayer book were all the prayers. All the important prayers in that little prayer book. So that's number one. Write down... Write down, buy a good Catholic prayer book. Buy a good Catholic prayer book. Maybe because I'm a New Yorker, but I just believe in the importance of common sense, no? (laughs) You know what common sense is? Use your practical intellect, okay? If you have a prayer book, and all of you know how to read, um, I hope you do, you you can learn how to pray by yourself. You just open up the prayer book, and you spend five or ten minutes, maybe every night, reading those prayers and think about the prayers that you're reading. You're praying. I would like, if possible, to try to get you all a prayer book. There's some really good prayer books you might maybe get for $10 with really good pictures and you got all the prayers. Then you got the mysteries of the rosary. Then you got the stations of the cross. Then you got prayers before mass, prayers after mass. Then you got the litany to Our Lady Guadalupe. Then you got the prayer to the Holy Spirit. It's about 120 pages with really good pictures because it's good to have good art too. 
So I remember as a kid, when I was seven or eight years old, and my parents didn't have to crack the whip, I would say, the Our Father, Hail Mary, Glory Be, then I'd say some of those other prayers. So I, I learned how to pray by, by praying with a prayer book. So it's not that hard. You know, you got you to gotta, you know, turn off the radio, the TV, you give, you know, put your phone to sleep if you can. <laughs> and then read those prayers in the prayer book. Okay, the second suggestion is this. <clears throat> Write down rosary pamphlet. A rosary pamphlet. Given that you're second year students, you, you might already have a rosary pamphlet. If not, your parents probably have it. We, since I've been here, I've probably given out, given out thousands of those. Probably thousands. And it's a pamphlet. It's not a book, but it's a pamphlet. But it has a lot. It has the Creed, Our Father, Hail Mary, Glory Be, Hail Holy Queen, O My Jesus Prayer. Then it has the 20 Mysteries of the Rosary. Then it has these little pictures of the Mysteries of the Rosary. Remember, what, four weeks ago, I went through all the Mysteries of the Rosary, showing you the big pictures. So by now, you should have the, the mission of the rosary memorized if you, you know, you're trying to do a little bit. <laughs> so that little, that little rosary pamphlet, you can, you can carry it in your purse or in your, wherever you're going. It's not big. But I find, I find that before this pandemic, I was a missionary going to a lot of parishes in L.A. and Orange. I was giving missions to these big parishes. I would go with two or three of my friends and uh, we wouldn't have to look at the pamphlet because we already had the mysteries memorized and we would just pray one rosary, two rosary. I had a mission in, in Yorba Linda. Yorba Linda took about 50 minutes. We, we'd pray three rosaries on the way there. And then we'd pray the Chapel of Divine Mercy. So my prayer was basically turned into a, a, a movable chapel. <laughs> Chapel, chapel on wheels. Huh? Any people with me? You know, Father Boom is not going to talk that much. He's going to pray a lot. Yeah, I like to pray. His prayer is the key to salvation. So a rosary pamphlet. We would give it to you now, but because of the pandemic, we can't be giving you physical objects because the uh, the virus can be transmitted by things. That's why we're not giving you. Uh, sheets or giving you pamphlets or physical things. So that's the reason why. Okay, number three. Number three. You might do this tonight if you have enough courage. But I, I know your mom and probably your dad would really be happy if you said this. Write it down. Family prayer. <clears throat> family prayer. Okay, ask, ask your mom and your dad if they can bring the family to pray together at least a little bit. At least a little bit. 
Some of you are the oldest in the family, right? Right? If you're an older brother or sister, you probably have, some of you are, are the, the number one. You know this, that the younger siblings, they follow you, either for good or for bad. Like if your mom, you tell mom, mom and dad, let's pray, let's get my little brother to pray, my sister to pray, your mom and, I think your mom and dad, that's a good idea. Your little brother or sister seeing you kneeling down and praying, what a, what a great example. What a great example. You might even say, hey, no, Mom, Father Boom said, let's pray together as a family, maybe just four, four or five minutes. Four or five minutes. Well, that's not that long. You're going to be watching something on TV for three hours. So what I'm trying to do is, I'm not, I can say after this class, all of you have to pray ten hours a day, but if you're not praying, you've got to start to pray a little bit. And if you're cross-country runners, you don't stop. You never run before. You're not going to run five miles. Stop by running one block. <laughs> you're going to have a heart attack the first time you run. Start gradually. Do you tell your mother or your father to start to speak a Shakespearean English and she can't speak English? She can't do that. Start with simple sentence in English. Okay, then a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, and you start to build up. Before you know it, your mom's speaking a pretty good English. Little by little. It's called gradually. It's called the principle of graduality. Gradually, you're, you're adding to it. So family prayer. Still, number three, I want you to write down, write down a very famous saying. Okay, write down in the still number three, the rosary priest, the rosary priest, Father Patrick, Father Patrick Payton, P-E-Y-T-O-N, P-E-Y-T-O-N. Y-T-O-N. You young people, you like movies and documentary, but documentaries. You might even Google in Father Patron Pray. That's the name of the movie. It's a great one. Pray. Pray. Okay, this is what, this is what he said. Try to memorize this. Write it down. The family that prays together stays together. The family that prays together stays together. This man, he went to the Philippines and he gave a talk on the rosary. How many people were there at his talk? Yeah, here maybe we're 40 to 50. Three million. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. And Filipinos are like Mexicans, they're Catholics. He said, we want to save our world, we've got to pray the rosary as a family. He said, the family that prays together stays together. 
Then three million. This is back in the 70s, about 50 years ago. And he said, "We'll save the world if we start to pray together as a family, but pray with, the, pray the Rosary to the Blessed Mother. Family prayer." Okay. Then the fourth, fourth suggestion would be this. Here's a rhetorical question. What is the greatest prayer in the whole world? Let's play some charades now. Write it down. I didn't hear you. Write down number four is Holy Mass. Holy Mass. Holy Mass is the greatest prayer in the world. Okay. Write down. Write down next to that. To to write down next to Holy Mass. I will try to see the movie Il Gran Milagro. I'm sure half of, probably most of your moms and dads have that movie. Il Gran Milagro, in English, The Greatest Miracle. It's the best movie on the mass I've ever seen. Do you know what claymation is? Claymation, we got the clay figures. It's claymation, like cartoon with clay figures great music, great coloring. And what it is, is the guardian angel takes these three people into the church and explains the Mass part by part. And that's what we want to do with all of you to try to help you understand the Mass. Most of you don't really understand the Mass that well. But you want to try to... Go to Mass anyway, even though you don't understand it perfectly, and in time you'll understand the Mass. Then once you understand the Mass, you'll fall in love with the Mass. And after you fall in love with the Mass, you won't be able to live one day without going to Mass. For example, Ophelia and Mary and Imelda, I mean, they they go to Mass every day. They can't live without the Mass. They can't live without the Mass because that's the very, very meaning of their life. Because in Mass, that's where we encounter Jesus and we receive Jesus into our hearts. So all of you try to come to Mass, at least on Sunday. You have Mass at 8, 10, 12, and 2 on Sunday. You can come maybe one more time during the week. At 6 o'clock, shortly after this class, one hour later, we have a, we have a, a Mass at 6 o'clock here, inside. So, Mass. Okay, number five. Write down praying my night prayers. Praying my night prayers. Okay. 
Before you go to bed, you should always say your night prayers. Maybe not a lot. Sometimes I say, when I'm saying my night prayers, I actually fall asleep because I'm so tired. And I recognize that God is saying, okay, you're tired, go to bed. And when you get up in the morning, start to pray again. <laughs> so I usually pray to my guardian angel. Then I pray to St. Joseph. I pray to St. Michael. I pray to St. Raphael. I pray to St. Gabriel. Then I've got about five prayers. I pray to the Blessed Mother. And by then, I'm usually really starting to almost doze off. Then I go to bed, get up in the morning, and I spend another hour and a half in prayer. So make sure you say your prayers. And if you have, if you have a prayer book, you can spend a little bit more time saying certain prayers you don't know. But night prayer is very important. Parents, when I was a child, parents would pray with their children before they went to bed. They kneel down. Look, kneel down now. Look at the picture there of Jesus. Like, make the sign of the cross. The angel of God, my guardian dear, whom God's love commits me here ever this night, be at my side to lighten God to rule my Amen. Our Father, Hail Mary, glory be. Bless Mom and Dad and Mike and Tom and Chris. Bless all the family members. And the Father, the Son, the Lord's bidding. Mom gives you a hug. Or Dad gives you a hug. Into the bed. Fifty years ago, that was done by almost all Catholic families, at least in this country. Probably in Mexico, too. We have to go back and rediscover these beautiful traditions, right? These beautiful traditions of the past. So, night prayers. Okay, let's move on to... Okay, this is important. Number six. Short... Eucharistic visits. Okay, now maybe you don't know what that word means. I'll try to spell it for you. Short Eucharistic. E-U-C-H-A-R-I-S-T-I-C. I'll say that again. Eucharistic. E-U-C-H-A-R-S-T-I-C. Short Eucharistic visits. Now, what that means is this. Behind me, you see that big box. Isn't that beautiful? No, that's called, that's called the tabernacle. And you can see the red candles. That means in that red box is God. Oh, really? And be, behind it, so in the, in the box is God, but behind it, God is outside the box. That's Jesus. In that monstrance. And you have those people outside there. There's a lot of people outside there. Maybe you noticed when you came up in the car, people sitting because they're talking to Jesus in what is called the Eucharist. The Eucharist means the host, that white host that the priest lifts up in the Mass. That's called the Eucharist. So you know, you know what you should do after this class Go with your mom, maybe just for two minutes. Kneel down or sit down and, and talk to Jesus and say, Bye, Jesus, I love you. One minute. Not that you have to spend a long time, but just, just say goodbye. 
if you go if you go to visit someone, you don't say goodbye. That's kind of rude. Maleducada. I mean, that, that's pretty rude. <laughs> go out through the back door. You don't even say goodbye. No. Bye. Bye, Mrs. Garcia. I mean, that's common sense. That's 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 common courtesy. So I'm going to teach you now. I think what the first poem poem that my mom taught me when I was eight years old. So I'm going to teach you a little poem, a little Catholic poem. But it's, it's very simple, and you can all memorize it. Okay? I want you to write this down. I'll say it. I'll say it, and then we'll be able to write it down. Here, here, here you go. Whenever I see a church, I stop to make a visit so that when I die, the Lord will not say, who is it? <laughs> like that? Whenever I see a church, I stop to make a visit so that when I die, the Lord will not say, who is it? I'll say that again. Whenever I see a church, I stop to make a visit so that when I die, the Lord will, will not say, Who is it? Jesus is your friend. You want to visit him. You want to visit him. <clears throat> I know this is a younger generation, but I don't, I don't know if you ever, ever heard of the group called the Beatles. Never? Never heard of the Beatles? <laughs> Happened to be the, by far the most famous music group in the world by far, no? You know what they used to sing? Hello, goodbye. Hello, goodbye. I don't know why you say hello. I say goodbye. You say yes. I say no. You say go. And I say no, no, no. Ho, ho, ho. You say hello, and I say goodbye. Now you're shocked that a priest is singing a rock and roll song. You're probably shocked. Father Boom, you scandalized us. Well, you know, musicians, they're artists. And they've got the pulse of what's going on in the society. Do you know that, you know what that topic is? Read, read behind the words. Paul McCartney is singing, Today people don't have time for each other. I just say hello and goodbye and that's all it is. That's not a very good friendship, is it? Hello, goodbye, that's all. No. I think we do that to God. I think we do that to God. We don't have time for God. We've got time for our phone. We've got time for a conversation. We've got time for this and that. But we don't have time for God and that's the biggest tragedy in the world. And if you say, I don't have time, that's a lie. Because we all have 24 hours in the day, right? It's a matter of priorities, what's most important. And God, God should be the most important person in your life. Right? God should be numero uno. Numero uno. Dios. God number one. Okay. So you visit the Blessed Sacrament and you talk to Jesus and say, Lord, I love you. I want you to be my best friend. You say that, Jesus is so happy when you say that. 
Jesus and Mary, I want you to be with me. Jesus and Mary, my, my grandmother is dying in Mexico. Please help her. Hey, pray. Talk to him what's, what's on your heart. Are they here? They got good ears. They got a good memory too. <laughs> okay, number seven. Now this booklet is one of the best prayer prayer booklets that was made in Mexico maybe a hundred years ago. And it's called Los Quince Minutos. I'm sure my mother's mother has that. Yeah, it's a masterpiece. You know those quince minutos? Uh, Write down in English, the 15 minutes with Jesus. I love that little booklet. You read through that, you're going to learn how to talk to Jesus as your best friend, right? So if you ask your mom or your grandmother, most likely, I'd say most of your mothers, if you have a grandmother, definitely has it has that little booklet somewhere in their room. And, and this is what it is. It's a prayer book. But it's, Jesus is your friend and he's asking you questions. Like, what's your name? Where do you live? When's your birthday? How old are you? What's your favorite color? What do you like at school? What's your favorite sport? Who's your favorite team? And then you'll say, how do you feel? And that's important. We all have feelings, right? You know, Jesus, today I'm feeling a little bit sad. Why? And you talk, you talk to him by way you're feeling a little bit sad. He listens, and by the end of the conversation, your sadness disappears. Because you remember, you're aware of the fact that Jesus is your best friend. And he's never going to abandon you. So, maybe try to get Los quince minutos or the 15 minutes with Jesus. And you'll establish a really, a really good friendship with him. You will. And you don't, have to, you don't have to be complicated. Let me tell you some of the best prayers are the shortest. When you say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, thank you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I'm afraid of this. Sometimes those are the shortest, but they're the best prayers in the world because they're coming right from your heart. No, they're short. They're only about two or three words. You don't have to say a lot of words at times, but just talk to him as your best friend, el amigo que nunca falla, as they say in Espanol. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to number <coughs> number eight. I'm going to give you the topic in number eight, and then you're going to be writing about five words after it. To write down, write down holy images. Holy images. (coughs) You young people are being brought up in a world of images. I was brought up in a world with books. I was brought up with books. But not to say you don't still have books, but you young people are brought up with a world of images. Typical one would be Instagram. We've got images. Now, images can be good or bad. 
Yeah? Could be good or bad. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you give you images that you use to help you to pray better. So write down after holy images, write down a colon, and write down pictures, paintings, statues, frescoes, icons. Okay, then, of Jesus and Mary, the angels and saints. Okay? Okay? All these, they're, they're, they're of... They're of Jesus, Mary, the angels, and the saints. Okay, let me give you an example now. How many of you are of Mexican descent? Okay, your parents or grandparents are Mexican. I think, I think you all are, right? Okay, Listen. You should be proud. You should be among the proudest people in the world. You know why? Because, look, she appeared to you. Oh, man. You should be so proud. Wow. This is probably the most famous image in the whole world. She appeared in Mexico. So, someone asks you, what do you hear to say? I'm Mexican, but I'm Guadalupin. Our lady appeared to Juan Diego, and I'm so proud that she appeared to our people. She's the greatest in the Mexican culture. You hear me? The greatest. You should be proud. You're proud of all the paintings. That's the most famous in the world. The first place that is most visited is where the Pope is, but then after that, Our Lady Guadalupe is number two. The second most visited religious sanctuary in the world is Guadalupe, Mexico. Have any of you ever been there? I've been there. Beautiful to see that image. This image here is pretty beautiful. In my room, I got a beautiful image of Our Lady Guadalupe. So all of you in your rooms, all of you, you should have an image of Our Lady Guadalupe. If you don't, ask your mom to get you one. And second image, you should have that image too. Divine Mercy. And the third is, you can't see it as well, but below the altar is called the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And the fourth image you should have you'd have St. Joseph. So you have Our Lady, Mary, who's your mother, Divine Mercy, which means God loves you, even though we make you stay, He loves you anyway. Sacred Heart is a symbol of love. The heart is a symbol of love. And St. Joseph is your spiritual daddy. He's your spiritual father. Do all of you have some religious paintings or statues in your rooms? 
you really should. You say, for example, you come home, you've had a tough day. You, you open up your door and you see Our Lady of Guadalupe. Where do you feel happy? She's saying, Ika, don't worry. I love you. Not that bad. Tomorrow will be a better day. And your sadness turns into joy because you're looking at Lady Guadalupe. It's almost as if she's speaking to your heart. So take advantage, you know, the Instagram, you got images, take, take advantage of great, that's a great, one of the greatest images in the whole world is Our Lady Guadalupe. So you're Mexican descent, that's your, your glory is Our Lady Guadalupe. Our Lady Guadalupe. Boy, I love Our Lady Guadalupe. And she loves us too. She loves you very much. And one thing you should say every night is, Mary, I love you. That should maybe be the last thing you say before you go to bed. And she hears you. She's going to give you a nice big hug, and you'll sleep well, and you get up with a lot of strength. Yeah. So take advantage of images. Number nine, we're almost finished. Write down, write down this. Number, number nine, daily... Daily examination of conscience. <clears throat> Daily examination of conscience. Okay, right down next to that. Go through the day with Jesus and Mary at your side. Saying thanks for the good things and sorry for your failures. And then tomorrow I'll do better. And last but not least is this. Write down Pray the Most Holy Rosary every day. Pray the Most Holy Rosary every day. Now, even though you don't understand the Rosary perfectly, pray it anyway. In time, you'll understand the Rosary and you'll fall in love with it. Father Larry, who's the pastor here for 30 years, he says this. Why should we pray the rosary? Because it works. <laughs> it works. You pray the rosary, it works. It really works. It will help you. So I've given you ten different helps so that you can pray. But you have to beg for the, the desire to pray. I can't give you that. Sorry. So I taught you that you have to beg for the grace to want to pray. And to do it. So let's write down as we end, skip a couple lines, three homework, three homework activities. Okay, number one is this. Number one is this. I will try... To find 
some time to pray every day. I'll try to find some time to pray every day. You've got 24 hours. Number two. Number two, okay. Uh, I'll try to find, if I have a prayer book at home. I think in your home, there must be some prayer book in your home. And then, you know, maybe it's not yours, no one's using it. Ask mom, can I have this prayer book? She'll say, of course you can, use it. The third is this. This is maybe the most important of everything is pray to Mary and the Holy Spirit for the desire to pray. Pray to Mary and the Holy Spirit for the desire to pray. So we're going to spend about a minute, minute and a half, in silence and praying. And I invite all of you to, in this minute of prayer, two minutes at most, ask Jesus and Mary to give you the real desire to pray. You can look at Mary, you can look at Divine Mercy, you can look at the tabernacle, but you want to talk to God. Beautiful. Please stand. Let's pray the Our Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree.